0: your exclusive home for Prop Sports. Oh, it's It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro.
1: Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS FM, proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman.
2: Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS FM, you're tuned in to another edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2 on this surprisingly warm Monday afternoon. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host of Offsides for this semester, and I am joined by two members of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. I have Ali Pontano and Kobe O'Brien. It is great to have you guys with us as we have a lot of things to uh, talk about today. So we'll start off with the MLB. And uh, an unfortunate turn of events for a certain Philadelphia team, actually teams, um, but we'll talk about the uh, Phillies a little bit. Then we will go into the NFL, some shocking news uh, in terms of a coaching change, and then we'll get into our Week 9 reactions and Monday Night Football, and we'll wrap everything up with the NBA uh, and then our Top 5 as well. So to start off with the MLB, the Houston Astros have won the World Series over the Phillies in six games. Why? Um, so they finished the other day. It was on Saturday. Um, it No game seven necessary. The Astros won in six. It was their second championship in franchise history and the first without an asterisk next to it. Uh, Jordan Alvarez hit the go-ahead home run in the uh, sixth inning, I believe. And uh, we also had a schwab bomb that made it one nothing earlier in the game. Kobe, I'll go to you first. What do the Phillies need to do to reload for another run? We heard Bryce Harper say that they want to get more pieces. Um, what do you think has to change for the Phillies to actually win next time?
0: Uh, two things. Offensively, you need more contact. They're a very they're a very home run heavy team, and you live by the home run, you die by the home run. We've seen it with the Yankees. We saw it with the Dodgers this year. You can't depend on it. You have to sprinkle in some contact hitters yeah. that you can have at the top of your lineup. You know, instead of, you know, Gene Segura, who was their contact guy, he was batting in the eight hole. You can't have that. You need a leadoff guy that needs to get on base that, you know, Schwarber was great, but you need someone that isn't going to strike out, walk, or hit home run. You need someone that's going to get a single or walk. Or just get on for the other hitters like Schwarber later in the lineup to get on. And then pitching-wise, they were good, but you just need to get slightly better because the Astros are just that good. You need to have a deeper bullpen. And in the playoffs, you need a number three. You need a solid number three. You can't just bank on one and two like they did. And that kind of lack of depth pitching-wise really did hurt them.
2: Yeah, there were some uh, questionable moments during the run. I think, like... like Um, Wheeler and Nola had their ups and downs in the Astros series. I think Ranger Suarez did a nice job when he was called upon. Uh, I know it was pretty questionable about the whole, oh, pull Wheeler out after like 70 pitches the other day, but... You know, I think you're right, more contact hitters and not just home run, home run, home run. It's like the Houston Rockets when they just kept chalking threes and then they ran into the 27 straight threes at home against the Warriors. So you live by it, you die by it as well. Allie, I'll go to you. So the Astros won in six games. Do you think the Astros, based off of what we've witnessed, are the Astros basically unstoppable right now?
3: I mean, nobody's unstoppable per se. But the Astros did pull up a very strong fight in the AL. I don't know. The AL is so wide open. I mean, their best contender might be the Yankees if they get their stuff together. But
2: the Astros smacked them.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: It was a rough. It was a rough
0: four games for me.
3: I sorry, Kobe, but I don't know. It's like. The Bills and Chiefs in the AFC, like, you know those are going to be the top two teams. In the NL, it's so wild that, I mean, you saw the Phillies do it, six seed, beating out the Padres who beat out the Dodgers. Yep. In the AL, I feel like it's more contained. It might be the Astros for another year or so. Year or so. And then, I'll throw a wild card out, Mariners. Yeah, you seen them go head to head with the Astros?
2: They took them um,
3: ten innings.
2: No, was were they the ones with the eighteen innings yes. against the Astros? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a legendary game by itself. Doesn't matter the winner. I mean, eighteen games in a playoff series is pretty dang good. Uh, some so good, some good points there. I think the Astros definitely have at least the next few years. Um, they've been to the World Series a few times. They um, they lost to the Braves last year. Um, and I think the NL East in general, the Nationals, the Phillies, and the Braves have all made the World Series in the last few years. So I think that's, that division's really good right now, but the Astros might be a little too tough for a lot of people to handle. I mean, the Phillies gave, gave them their only two losses of the postseason. So it, it's going to be something interesting to see. I know the Astros had their parade today. Yippee. Um, wish it was down Broad Street, but whatever. We beat the Texans, so... I'll take it, whatever. So the Astros win in six. I guess now we are in the the offseason. I also saw the Phillies picked up Nola's option, and Eflin uh, is electing free agency, so that might be something to look out for. But I think the Phillies, you need more pitching. I think that's pretty obvious. Like Kobe said, more people just to get on base so those home runs can be... You know, two, three, or four runs at a time, not just one, 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 one. But one thing I did see do you guys think that Reese Hoskins needs to pack his bags? Kobe, I'll go to you. I,
0: I don't, th- I mean, he did it, he did okay, but I mean, you can always upgrade that position. I feel like when on in the Phillies lineup, he is the weak point. I don't think it's, he's still young. You could definitely develop him and have him be a better first baseman, but if you want to push it, you could flip him for a better first baseman. Um it all depends how you want to ride with him. If you believe in him, I would still stick with him. But if yeah. you really think first base was the genuine big weakness, then you would trade him, but I don't think it was.
2: There were some questionable defensive mistakes that he made. Um I know a lot of people were angry with Castellanos this season, like, oh, you should have been producing bigger numbers. But I mean Yeah, but the defense his defense, all those sliding catches were pretty nice, I will say that.
0: Well, when it comes to um Hoskins, Every single first baseman can't be like an Anthony Rizzo who like gets every single scoop. Every single first baseman has a negative, like, is negative in like, I think it's runs saved because it's just an incredibly hard position. Like you're supposed to be the lifesaver of all the other infielders, and that's a tough one because the Phillies defensively aren't that good, and you're just and they're gonna just make hoskins pack his bags just because the other infielders have bounced the ball across the infield and yeah. he can't get it all the time
2: i think it'll they be can't,
0: they can't get mad at him for not being a gold Glover.
2: well yeah um i think stott will improve i mean he's a rookie so i think he will definitely improve i've been seeing a lot of uh mock uh, mock off seasons from Phillies fans saying go get trey turner go get carlos <laughs> correa and i'm like Okay, how much cap space do you think we have? Um, I don't know. If John Middleton's gonna do that, but uh, I think the lineup right now—it's good for a good playoff run. I wouldn't say the, the, the Eagles, the Phillies, like got lucky or anything, but um, I think teams will start to figure them out. And this was a six seed; they could have been higher, but you know the little slide in September. So we will definitely see what will go on in the. Uh, MLB offseason as the Phillies are looking for answers and the Astros are partying in Houston. So we that that'll wrap up our MLB segment. It was just the one topic for today as the MLB is over for until about February or March now. So we're gonna segue right into our NFL segment. So before we to before we do that though let's check the w, um, let's check the WglS campus calendar Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety especially while crossing route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. And motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: WGLS programming is made possible in part by the Rowan University Alumni Association. Delighted to serve over 100,000 Rowan Proud profs through exciting events and programs, communications, volunteer and mentorship opportunities, and special benefits and discounts. Since its founding, the Alumni Association has worked to maintain a lasting and positive relationship between our dedicated graduates and their alma mater. Alumni are encouraged to check out the website for more information about getting involved. The website is alumni.rowan.edu. The Rowan University Alumni Association is proud to sponsor the programming on Rowan Radio.
2: rowan radio 89.7 wgls fm you're tuned in to another monday edition of offsides here on rowan radio channel 2 i'm larry dealman your monday host for this semester and i'm joined by two members of the rowan radio sports department i have kobe o'brien and ali pontano with me today all right so we just got done talking about our mlb segment kobe do you have something to say Yeah. Oh, I thought you were giving me like a look like, oh, I have like breaking news or something. Okay, never mind. So we just got done our MLB segment, uh, Astros beating the Phillies in six, and now we will go to our NFL segment for segment number two. All right, so we were going to start with our week nine reactions like we usually do every week, but guess what? The Colts have decided to shake up the NFL today. So over the last few weeks, the Colts have benched Matt Ryan in favor of Sam Ellinger for quarterback, Last week, they fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, who apparently wasn't really calling the plays, but guess what? They needed a scapegoat, so Marcus Brady got his pink slip, and he actually got the job, by the way, after Nick Sirianni left for the Eagles, just saying. Um, And today, the Colts decided that Frank Reich, their current head coach, is gone. So guess who's replacing him? Jeff Saturday. And I will be quite honest, I did not even know who that was this afternoon.
3: How do you not know who Jeff Saturday is? Like, come on, man.
2: (laughs) All right, all right. I don't know everything. Thank you. So Jeff Saturday, for those of you that don't know, uh, he is a former center for the Colts, current TV analyst. He actually won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. And his only coaching experience was the head coach from 2017 to 2020 uh, of Hebron Christian Academy in Georgia. That is a high school. So he has no professional or collegiate coaching experience. Allie, I'll go to you first. What are the Colts doing? Is this absolutely like time to hit the panic button?
3: I think they're tanking for the first overall pick. I think it's pretty clear by now. But firing Frank Reich... Like that I I really don't know what to think like yeah he made some poor quarterbacking decisions in Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan who did not perform well in Indianapolis at all I mean come on how can you go from payment into and Andrew Luck and you're just in limbo at this point. like there's no turning back. I'm sorry, Indy. Sorry, Josh.
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on in Indianapolis right now. Um, Kobe, I'll go to you. Um, what what is Indianapolis's like vision or game plan at this point? You know, you're three you're three, five and one. You're in a not so good division with the Jaguars and the Texans. Right now, the Colts are second in the AFC South. They are a few games behind the Titans. So what is Indy's game plan?
0: I, I honestly, I don't think they know. Because truthfully, they weren't bad last year. They missed it by one game you know, because they lose lost to the Jags. But now the Jags are good this year. So like, how can you kind of look at that one? And they've always been one piece away. Their defense has always been solid. They have a generational running back. They have a solid wide receiver, receiving core one of the best offensive linemen of all time in Quentin Nelson but it's always that one piece in the quarterback and obviously quarterback is important but i who is the, they haven't had anyone quarterback and i the, frank reich is just a scapegoat yeah yeah he's just a scapegoat because because he's not picking his quarterback no. he has no decision at that's all on uh chris ballard who's giving him
2: and ersay too
0: and ersay too who are giving him terrible hands to deal with like Obviously, luck screwed him for the past next decade. For, for the next decade, Andrew Luck screwed him. But what he's had over the past few years, he's done well with them. He's always had slow starts, but I think they just got tired of it for some reason. It's that I think they're weighing their they weigh their options, and they thought, okay, can we sign a big quarterback that's in his prime in the off season? Yeah. Or is it more likely for us to be a better team if we tank this year with all the pieces we still have and hopefully get another Luck where his first year he brought him to the AFC Championship? So I think they're trying to repeat history, but that's going to be very hard because Andrew Luck was a generational talent, and I don't think Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is that.
2: Yeah, some good points there. I'm looking at the Colts starting quarterbacks over the last bunch of years, so let's look at what we have here. So you had some stability with Andrew Luck from 2012 through 2014. Since then, you've had, in from year to year, the starting quarterback, Matt Hasselbeck, because I guess Andrew Luck was injured at that time, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Andrew Luck again, Jacoby Brissett again, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger. So this team has had some uh
0: And every single one of those guys were yeah. above their thirties, except for a what fourth round pick in Sam Ellinger? Wentz. Yeah.
3: Wentz well, is, once, in his, is,
2: yeah. is in like his twenties, but Yeah, but he has knees of a four year old. That's, that's true. true. That's true. Carson Wentz got the boot after one year, but I yeah, I really don't know what the uh the Colts are doing right now. So just to give um
3: Don't they still have Nick Foles?
2: Uh yes they do yep yeah,
3: why why don't they just pull the he's Nick not he's car? not
2: a full time starter he's a he's a clutch guy but you, you but gotta, like you gotta develop you
0: gotta develop your okay guy. but
3: like give him like half starts like I I don't know two I do two quarterbacks like is no quarterback
0: that, yeah, that, that's that, true. That, that would stunt the growth I think they're dipping their toe in the water of the Sam Ellinger pool just like letting him play out the season because if you. You know, he could develop into something because every quarterback, if given playtime, can do something. Right. But I think they'd rather have him develop into possibly being good than just riding out the last years of Nick Foles' career.
3: But, like, I like the fact if they still have Frank Reich and you know you have a quarterback problem, why not have a former quarterback help develop a a current quarterback instead of an offensive lineman?
2: I think think Foles will do some good for Ellinger, but... I don't think Nick Foles starting would probably be the best solution if they want to compete. If they're tanking, whatever. So here's some numbers for you. Frank Reich's regular season record in the four and change um, years he had with the Colts, 40-33-1. He had a 1-2 and two playoff record. They never won the division while he was there. Uh, in 2018, which was his first season, they lost to the Chiefs in the divisional round. Here are the Colts' next four games with uh, new coach Jeff Saturday. At Raiders versus Eagles versus Steelers at Cowboys. So Good luck,
3: Indy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that's some ugly games right there. Especially Eagles, Cowboys. That should be kind of ugly. Um, so yes, Frank Reich is out. I do expect him to possibly find another head coaching job in the yeah. near future. Um I, I was gonna push for him. Yeah, that maybe. would that'd be a good um that'd be something that I would look at. Here's another thing, too. What if they go, like, maybe go to Jacksonville and have Doug Peterson and Frank Reich, like, team up again? Like, coach.
3: Why would he go to.
0: If he he would OC for him? Yeah, Yeah, like the Super Bowl.
2: Like, Trevor Lawrence, you could.
0: I don't think think the Jags really like what they have right now. I don't think they're going to replace their OC because he's developing with Trevor Lawrence. And they're okay now. So I don't think they're going to mess that up.
2: You never know. by
0: By forcing Reich in there.
2: I just. I think the Colts. I'm looking at the. Ah, uh, the updated 2023 NFL draft order. The Colts right now have the fir- the 14th overall pick. That that's not going to get it done. I really think they need to swing for the fences and maybe trade up at least a few spots and just get something because this. I don't know what they're doing at quarterback, and who knows if Jeff Saturday will um, just be an interim or if he will have the interim tag taken off I'm eventually. I'm just
0: confused. But. Why would you make him the the uh, the interim the interim coach? Instead of just hiring in-house. Like they, like, they they just hired a brand new staff mid-season. They expect, uh, what, is, is it just like a marketing move at that point?
3: I think it might be. Like, if you're going from a f- to a former Colt to coach team, at that point, why don't you just get Pac- Pat McAfee to coach the Colts?
0: I would be all for that.
2: Here's,
3: yeah,
0: I, I would become a season ticket holder.
2: <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing I found. So the Colts bypassed two former NFL coaches on their staff, Gus Bradley and John Fox, and a rising head coaching candidate in Bubba Ventrone to name Jeff Saturday the interim coach. So
0: I don't you know. You got to think it's marketing at that point. Just a it, marketing It mode. has
3: to be.
2: I, I was seeing a lot of people memeing this, like, oh, I just saw him on ESPN this morning, and now he's a head <laughs> coach. So.
3: At that point just get Tony Dungy out of retirement. Hey, you already won the Super Bowl with us. Come help us right now.
2: Yeah. Kobe you got something? Yeah. No, no, oh. There there's the face again. I was thinking you're gonna say something. No, Alright.
0: No, I, I just they're they're probably tanking. I think they're just looking for the most entertaining way to tank.
2: Yeah, I think that's a
0: good which we gotta to... respect. They're making it a little fun. Wait. Yeah,
3: they're making it fun. Jeff Saturday head coach, Pat McAfee as the O. C.
2: Nah, make him a special teams coordinator. Oh,
3: yeah, that too, yeah.
2: Yeah, because he's a former I'll Make him a
0: player hunter. coach. Make him special teams coordinator and punter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's better than what they have right now. So Frank Reich out the door in Indianapolis and the Colts, we don't know what's going on with them. All right, so let's go to our Week 9 reactions. A lot of good games yesterday, and we'll talk about the one that's remaining uh, as its own separate category in just a few moments. So, looking at some of the um, highlights of this week, the Eagles are 8-0 for the first time in franchise history after their win in Texas. Uh, They faced the Houston Texans. It looked kind of back and and forth for a while, but the Eagles were able to get it done um, as the Phillies would go on to lose to the Astros. So, at least something was positive this weekend against Texas. Uh, Kobe, I'll go to you. Do the Eagles, like, are they the team to beat right now? Um... You know, we saw the Bills lose yesterday, and we'll get to them in just a second. But do you think the Eagles are um, just beneficiaries of a cupcake schedule, or do you think that they're a team to be respected?
0: Yes and no, because, you know, you're still playing NFL teams. So that's why I I like them, and I think they're the team to beat. But I I always take every single win they have with, like, a grain of salt, because especially the next few weeks, the only opponent I actually – think could take one game from them it's really the cowboys but that's it
2: yeah or the titans they're i don't even think
0: that i i don't think the titans
2: are, are, are anything oh yeah but they have a winning I, record i, I so. think they
0: are the team to beat i, I really because their defense is good hurts is becoming a star yeah and aj brown he did exactly what they wanted him to do he has been lighting up secondaries all year so they're more of the team
2: to beat Yeah, they have a lot of good uh, weapons that Howie Roseman was able to acquire in this past offseason. Here are the NFC East standings right now. So the Eagles are 8-0. The Cowboys have a tiebreaker over the Giants as they are both 6-2 and the Commanders are 4-5. Everybody except the Commanders had a bye week this week, and I say bye week in quotations because the Eagles uh, just played on Thursday, so of course they were not going to play yesterday. So Jalen Hurts, two touchdowns, no picks in their most recent game. Their next game is next Monday, uh next Monday night against the commanders at home. Um, Allie, I'll go to you. Do you think Jalen Hurts is in the lead for MVP?
3: I mean, of course he is. If you're leading an undefeated team, of course you're gonna be like up there with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, so forth and so on. Try and think who else is really an MVP candidate. It's not really a lot this year that's like standing out. So of course Jalen Hurts is going to be in there.
2: Yeah, Jalen Hurts. I believe his his MVP stock is um, going a nice um, a nice ascension It's uh, skyrocketing. I would I would say, but uh, a lot of good things to see from Hurts. And I know a lot of people are saying about the scheduling thing. There, I saw an article that said like the Chiefs and the Bills might have had like a harder schedule and something like that. I have been seeing some conflicting reports about like whose schedule is easier, but you you play what you get. You know you can't just say well uh, instead of the Commanders next week can the Eagles face the Chiefs instead? You can't do that. So I think the Eagles are doing what they're supposed to do, and come playoff time we'll see if the the hype is real or if they flame out like they did last year. So that's all you got to do for that. And then over in the AFC, uh, the AFC is getting a little tight over there. Somehow, uh, everybody's starting to come together. The Bills are leading that division 6-2 and two after they lost to the Jets. And the Jets and the Dolphins are tied at 6-3 and three right now. The Patriots are in dead last at 5-4. and four. So everybody is winning in that division. Um, Kobe... Is it time to chant uh Jets, 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 Jets or is this uh uh what what do you make of it? There are only
0: issues is the quarterback. That's it. Uh, Jack Wilson, he can win them games, but statistically he's the worst quarterback under pressure. <laughs> so, I I think out of any quarterback out of that class, you're the one he's the one that you panic about most. Even Mac Jones. I Mac Jones, he fits well with the system. I just don't believe in Zach Wilson. If they really want to make that extra step and become, you know, not a laughing stock anymore, because they're in a weird phase right now. They still are, like, not taken seriously, even though they have six wins, and it's because their quarterback isn't that good. Their defense is lights out. Sauce Gardner is becoming a darling in New York.
2: Yes, he is.
0: But his, they just need their quarterback to put it all together. If he becomes a star and does what a second overall pick is supposed to do. Then they can become a serious threat at the AFC, but yeah. right now, because of his play and how just either mediocre or just downright terrible he plays, that they, they are't they're just a great defense with an okay offense. and we've seen it time and time again. You can't do that. you have to be a well-rounded team.
2: Yeah, the AFC East right now, you're not going to run away with this division at any point in the near future because you have the Dolphins who are doing very well. And the Bills, obviously, are one of the top teams in the AFC, even though Josh Allen was awful yesterday. He was criticizing himself. He's like, you know, you're not going to do good if your quarterback is playing like, you know, crap. So he threw two interceptions yesterday against the Jets. Uh, We already went over the standings. Everybody in that division has a winning record which um, usually you don't see too much. I know the NFC East usually is uh, usually made fun of, but, you know, the Commanders, thanks a lot, guys. But um, we'll see what happens with the AFC East. I don't know if the Jets are going to catch the Bills, but um, what a turnaround that would be if the Bills were to take a few more losses. Um, Looking at the Bills. I
0: just hope they keep on winning for Johnny. That's really what it comes down to.
2: Yeah, the Bills' upcoming schedule uh, versus Vikings Versus the Browns at the Lions. So, that Vikings game... Oh, that's a Stephon Diggs uh, revenge game. That could get interesting. So, I don't know. The Bills could get some wins, but uh, we'll see what happens in the AFC as well. And then, let's see. The Vikings as well beat the Commanders in a close game. Kirk Cousins made his return to Washington. Allie, I'll go to you. Do you think the NFC is... Basically, a two-horse race between the Vikings and the Eagles. Or do you think the Cowboys or Giants could squeeze in there as well?
3: Correction, you mean the Vikings?
2: Yeah, (laughs) maybe, maybe.
3: All right, so it's definitely between the Eagles, but the second opponent is still very up in the air. Could be Minnesota. Could be Dallas. 49ers might make a nice move. Maybe Seattle, but it's definitely Philadelphia. That's running the NFC right now. Um, my answer is, come see me in December.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good answer right there. How about them Seahawks though? Six and three. The next uh the next person in that division is San Francisco at four and four. So you're about two games uh, leading. The Seahawks have just surprised everybody. Um, Russ, who I think is the question right now. Their next few games. Oh, their next week, the Seahawks and the Buccaneers are playing in Germany at 9:30 a.m. So that should be a nice, uh, nice test for the Seahawks. And then they got the Raiders and the Rams. So I think the the Seahawks could keep running away with that division as well if all goes well. So that is pretty much the uh, what happened in Week Nine. I know Dallas and New York had their bye weeks. The Eagles didn't play yesterday, so. Um, it's just a wait-and-see game as we continue with the NFL season. And then to wrap up our NFL segment, we have a Monday night football preview tonight. Oh boy, Ravens at Saints. So, interesting. I, I know when they release the schedules in the early part of the season, you don't expect every team to be healthy. The Saints have been underwhelming to say the least. The Ravens have been blowing leads um quite a few times this season. So here's uh, the impact a win would have for either side. So the Saints uh, Saints win would put them in a three-way tie for first in the NFC South. It would go Bucs, Saints, then Falcons. A Ravens win would keep them in first in the AFC North. A loss would tie them with the Bengals for first, but the but the Ravens hold that tiebreaker. So, Allie, do you have a, uh, a winner for tonight? Do you think the... Um, The Saints get a home win. Do you think the Ravens can uh, dominate them? And we already see with Michael Thomas has barely made an impact with the team ever since his record-breaking year due to injuries. Um, Do you have a winner for tonight?
3: I think the Ravens, but it's going to be close because the Saints want to defend home turf. But the Ravens look like the more complete team.
2: Yeah, I think the the Ravens, we've seen some uh, pretty – embarrassing blown leads. The one I can remember um, off the top of my head is that one against the dolphins um, to it was just carving them up. Kobe Ravens at the big easy tonight. Any uh, clear cut winner.
0: Yeah. Give me Ravens. Uh, I think Lamar is going to run all over them. I mm-hmm. uh, there. So wh- how, what's going to happen is that the, that the Ravens are going to run the clock a lot. Be despite the fact they're out Gus Edwards and JK Dobbs, but Kenyon Drake is still a viable option. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Lamar and Kane Drake just running down the clock, and the Saints, who are, don't have Michael Thomas anymore and have to depend on Alvin Kamara, with a line that hasn't done much,
2: with Andy Dalton, with
0: Andy Dalton, and Andy they're still Dalton. a pat and they still identify as a passing team. So they're gonna be off the field a lot because there's not a lot of options, and the to just keep on running and running and running with the Ravens having the ball. I th- I think.
2: I feel like a 28 to 14. All right. Yeah. I know Eagles That's a good production. I know Eagles fans are hoping for the Ravens to win because the the worse the Saints do, the better that draft pick is. So right now the Eagles have the 10th overall pick because of the uh Saints trade uh from earlier in the year and obviously Uh, trading away C.J. Gardner-Johnson might have not been the greatest idea for them.
0: The Saints are in a weird spot because I think they truly believe that they're good, (laughs) but they're not. No, they aren't. The team was good because of Drew Brees and the weapons built around
2: him. And Thomas.
0: And Thomas. Now, Thomas is basically retired at this point with all his injuries, and Drew, he's obviously working... I don't even know where he is now. I think
2: he's an analyst for, not Fox, but...
3: CBOs?
0: He's he's I, he, in
2: there. Let me. He's let me, hanging
0: out with his kids a lot.
2: Well, but that too.
3: Wait, no. Romo's CBS.
2: Yeah, Romo's CBS. I'm looking at Drew Brees right now. Um,
3: but
0: my point is, is that the only offense they have is Alvin Kamara, who is their running back. And is they, he injured? He,
2: no, Michael Thomas is injured. He's back. Michael Thomas is injured.
0: Michael Thomas is
2: 29. Oh my wow. god! Exactly.
0: And he's injured in 29, so how many more years do we
2: actually give him? Not many. Exactly. He had his record-breaking year, and then the injury yes, started. He, yep.
0: he stole Offensive Player of the Year from McCaffrey, and then just, you know, got injured. And went past Someone Marvin ha-
2: Went past Marvin Harrison for uh, those receptions records.
0: Yeah, but, you know, 1,000, 1,000. But that's, that's neither here nor there. They need to realize that their window closed. And it closed very fast on them. Yes, it did. And they need to start reevaluating, trading for picks. They're not the contender they were with Breeze. Try to find a quarterback. Stop depending on Jameis because Jameis, he is a good quarterback, but he also doesn't have a back right now.
2: Nah. No. And
0: when no, in, he isn't, he not. will give up two to three picks a game. So you have to buckle down and invest now in for Camara if they want to do okay.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time in the Big Easy. I like how the Saints, you know, when Jameis was with the Buccaneers, and I know, like, the, the NFC South was like, you know, oh, yeah, we can get some picks off of him. And then all of a sudden, Drew Brees, like, you know, they bring in Winston Hay, body, welcome back. Like, it's it's such a weird turnaround in sports. But I do think, you know, I, I, agree, I agree with Kobe that, like, the Saints are not as good as they think they are. They've
0: been, like, a real like contender for like a decade and a half so it's so hard for him to realize oh we're not good
2: anymore they just got really screwed over in some really bad spots you had you had the minneapolis miracle you had the um nickel ruby coleman pass interference they lost a kirk cousins in in prime time in the playoffs and then you know Brady steamrolled them and you know when he came to Tampa Bay so they really got screwed in Breezes last few years
0: yeah but at the, uh, at their current point they had z- absolutely zero preparation for Sean Payton and Drew Brees to retire they oh, knew it yeah. was going to happen but they didn't do anything about it they didn't prep they only, they prepped Jameis Winston for a year yeah. and what did he really even prepare for the next head coach he kind of just said they hired
2: in-house
3: but yeah, but yeah. like I mean and Andy Dalton is not the guy. I mean, we saw him be decent in Cincinnati. That was because of AJ Green. I think if they but, need to be
0: good, they need to start either try to sign a massive quarterback in the offseason, which I don't even know who's available this offseason, or you start tanking for for uh younger Stroud.
2: Well, they're screwed either way because that pick goes to the Eagles. So <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe, maybe some questionable good. moves by that front <laughs> maybe, office. Maybe they'll be good in the next half decade.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, they ain't they ain't doing anything uh, for right now. And I'm looking at uh, the rest of the, the draft. I don't think I don't think I see any. Yeah, I don't think New Orleans really even has a first round pick this year. So, yeah, New Orleans not looking too good. Maybe they'll get a win in prime time tonight. But um, as we said, maybe the Ravens will pull away from the Saints tonight. All right, so that is the end of our NFL segment. We have uh, one more to get to, but first got to head to break and check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once a month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: WGLS programming is made possible in part by the Rowan University Alumni Association. Delighted to serve over 100,000 Rowan Proud profs through exciting events and programs, communications, volunteer and mentorship opportunities, and special benefits and discounts. Since its founding, the Alumni Association has worked to maintain a lasting and positive relationship between our dedicated graduates and their alma mater. Alumni are encouraged to check out the website for more information about getting involved. The website is alumni.rowan.edu. The Rowan University Alumni Association is proud to sponsor the programming on Rowan Radio.
2: rowan radio 89.7 wgls fm you're tuned in to another monday edition of Offsides here on rowan radio channel 2 i'm larry dealman your monday host for this semester and i'm joined by ali pontano and kobe o'brien so we just got done uh talking about our mlb and nfl segments and now we'll wrap it up with our nba segment and then we'll get to our top five but first Wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Bird Special. Every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather, traffic, and, of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m., only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and also online at rowanradio.com. All right, so let's get to our NBA segment Uh, So let's start with the Sixers. So the Sixers take on the Suns tonight at home. But James Harden is out for about a month due to a foot injury. Specifically, he has a foot tendon strain. And Joel Embiid has been in and out of the lineup with a a non-COVID illness, they've said. Um, So the Sixers have kind of been in a free fall in the Eastern Conference. Right now, the Sixers sit and Eleventh place with a four and six record. They are in a four-way tie with the Nets, the Heat, and the Wizards. Allie, I'll go to you. Do you think the Sixers have time to get their issues together before it's too late and to ascend in the standings? We see right now the Bucks and the Cavs are white hot. Uh, the The Bucks are nine and zero. Oh, the Cavs are eight and one. And right now the Knicks are the eighth seed at four and five with the Pace the Pacers are four and five. Okay. So do you think there's time for the Sixers to get back on track?
3: I mean, yeah, the season legitimately just started not too long ago. And you got time, but the window is gonna start closing very soon. So I'm gonna give them about a couple months or so to get everything together. If you don't have everything together by January, then good luck the rest of the season. You're sitting in the middle of the pack, not exactly sure where you stand in playoffs. So January, late December, if you have it all taken care of, should be fine.
2: I would say tank for Victor Wem, and Yama, but the Sixers do not have their first-round pick because of the Ben Simmons trade with the Nets. All right, so Wait,
0: that's in the back of your head already, just for like a tough month. I'm so? just saying. Really? That's wild. I'm
2: just Come saying, on, Larry. I'm a the... believer. Just saying. If that's that's our backup plan, just
0: you guys saying. are that bad? I was at the game. I was at the the Knicks Sixers game. You're a good team. Okay. Uh, I like put it all together. All right, take it. Was, a, take it, a, a it Joe.
3: Larry be like, "This is my backup plan. It's like tank." uh,
0: For me, I don't. I honestly don't even think it's that bad. I I think obviously with the Philly market, we're like, "Oh my God, everything's terrible. We lost a few games in a row." Tyrese Maxey's really good.
2: Oh, I know he's good. I know he's
0: holding on the fort just fine. Obviously, he's not going to win the games you guys are supposed to win. If you had, you know, your full cast with Harden and Embiid, just have Maxey ride it out, and once they come back, they'll be fine. This is Doc Rivers you're talking about, though. Oh, yeah. Doc Rivers is not as a coach. He does a rotation of, like, seven people. (laughs) And my biggest thing with Doc Rivers this season is why does Matisse Thiebel only get, like, eight minutes a game?
3: True. He
2: looks like he could be a defensive player of the year, like, candidate or even a runner-up and just doesn't get minutes. Uh, House maybe is not the answer. Like, the team has been signing all the former Rockets players. So I'm just –
0: They bumped a young up-and-coming defender – Matisse Thybul for P.J. Tucker. If you just let Thybul develop more, he would be a way better Tucker.
2: All he needs is a shot.
0: All he needs is a shot. But P.J. Tucker recently hasn't had a shot, and his only shot is a corner three-pointer, which is the same as as Thibel. Yeah. He's just an older Matisse. He's just an older Matisse I I I wouldn't worry about him. Just let it develop.
2: They just they won.
0: drop his 30 points a game, yeah. which he's doing pretty easily. I was really nervous the Knicks were going to lose that one. To a hardenless and impedeless Sixers team, yeah, but they pulled it out somehow.
2: Yeah, so I'm looking at the Sixers next schedule or the next few games. So their next five games. So they're uh, hosting the Suns tonight, and the Suns are you know pretty good. And then they have two dates with the Hawks and the, uh, in Atlanta, and then at home against Atlanta, and then at home against the Jazz in the box. And the Jazz are lighting up the Western Conference, and when I mean lighting up, I mean they're in second place behind the Suns. So. Uh, this could get
0: Clarkson of the Philippines uh look if they keep on riding it out probably the first Filipino be an all-star I'm all for it
2: he was a he was a six man so he he definitely has the capability of uh lighting it up I know when um uh Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were there and he's come off the bench he can give you some buckets um but the jazz I can't believe like with Laurie Markkinen and Uh, Mike Conley and uh, whom I forgetting? Colin Sexton and um, Jordan Clarkson. They have a rookie head coach and they're doing good. So the Sixers got some uh, some interesting games coming up. That'll be their second home game against the Bucks. Surprisingly, not on the road or anything. So the Sixers have uh, been struggling uh, in the beginning part of the season. They do have time to make up some ground, but it's it has to be like in the next few weeks, or this could get very ugly very quickly i do think that doc rivers is uh the fans are kind of getting on his last like uh doc rivers is getting on the fans last nerve i think it's just been um question mark after question mark so i'm very interested to see how doc rivers will handle all this adversity early on and maybe just maybe can the sixers make it out of the second round for once that that'd be uh that'd be something to look forward to as a sixers fan all right, and then to wrap up our NBA segment. So we know the Brooklyn Nets are a clown show. I think we can all agree on that. So last week we talked about the Kyrie Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving drama with the whole uh, movie with anti-Semitism thing. So now the Nets owner Joe Tsai, is being strongly urged to not hire Ime Udoka away from the Celtics to succeed. Steve Nash, who was fired by the Nets last week, they agreed to mutually part ways as Steve Nash just was not working out with the Nets. So right now for the Nets, Jacques Vaughn is the interim. He actually was the interim in 2020 following Kenny Atkinson's resignation. Uh, Jacques Vaughn, he was the interim actually in the Orlando bubble. Not a great record with the Orlando Magic as a head coach, but serviceable, I guess. And Ime Udoka, as we know, is still being suspended by the Celtics for his uh, inappropriate relationship with a female staff member. Kobe, do you think the Nets are? Do um, you think it's a good idea to hire Ime Udoka as the coach, like for the on the court purposes? But what do you make of the owners saying to Joe Tsai, like, "Whoa, just stop, just"? Don't do it. Like, what do you think, make of it?
0: I think it's very obvious that PR wise, Brooklyn does not care. No, <laughs> yeah, do not. At all. I'd I mean, hate to I be mean, a PR yeah, member of that team. You had Kevin Durant, who just didn't even want to be there all off season. Ben Simmons doesn't ben want to be a basketball player. Ben Simmons doesn't player. want to play basketball here. <laughs> Kyrie, you know, he's either. A PR nightmare. Yeah, I mean, he's either anti Semitic or, you know. Flatter. Or not playing. Or anti vax. Yeah, he's always has his own thing, and their bench is non existent. They don't care about PR wise. But for on the court, yeah, he's a good coach. But off the court matters. It's that in this NBA, in this NBA, in this sports world, it matters just as much. Uh, You got to hope he doesn't make that same mistake again. And hopefully, you know, whatever happens, justice is served. But if, you know, the whole trials and tribulations work through, it will be a good decision for him. Um, I do think. This is probably the, the head coach that KD and Kyrie finally wanted. But we also thought that they wanted Steve Nash. And boy, did he have a short leash. So I can only imagine with his past and Kevin Kyrie, just with their history with head coaches, how short is his leash going to be if they have a slow start?
2: didn't KD and Kyrie say like they didn't even need a head coach or something or they wanted to pick their own coach like that's why steve which, nash who was you there.
0: think you are to say i don't need a head coach so there like, was there was like, something I, like that like, I, you know lebron he's lebron has never went out and said i don't need a head coach which you know obviously lebron does his le gm stuff but he's at least courteous enough to say like like he he always talks highly about his coaches
2: Ty, Ty Lue has turned out to be a pretty good coach without him too with the Clippers. Yeah,
0: because because LeBron LeBron, no matter what, will always respect coaches, and that, that's you got to give that to LeBron. But Katie and Kyrie, they don't care. They just want the ball, and they think in their minds that in a team sport you can win by isoling. But that's why they're losing games because the third best player is Nicholas Claxton.
2: Yeah. Oh, not even saying Ben Simmons. I like that.
0: <laughs> oh, statistically, he hasn't scored above ten points, above nine points.
2: I know, like. He, he even could average 15 with the Sixers. How are you not averaging? That's the thing which was interesting uh, during the offseason. Everybody was saying, like, ooh, uh, Ben Simmons doesn't need to score because he's got two Hall of Famers on his team and he just has to play defense and blah, 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 blah. But you you have to score because what happens in the playoffs when they start hacking Ben again?
0: Well, here's why he was successful with the Sixers, because they had good pieces around him. Yeah, They don't have good pieces around him. They just have Kevin Kyrie, but... They don't move off the ball for Ben. So Ben Simmons is just a worst Draymond Green.
2: And he's passing up dunks. You remember that? I think it was against the Bucks. He was driving and he passed it. And Kyrie's like, shoot it, Ben. Like,
0: Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have his confidence. He said in an interview on JJ Reddick's podcast, I have to shoot him. He's not doing it. Huh? He's not doing nope, it. Nope, 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 nope. It's just, it's, they're a, Terrible organization. Yes, they are. Everything started going downhill. I did not know that the Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade was going to be affecting them about a decade later, but here we are.
2: <laughs> James
0: Harden requesting
2: a trade. He maybe he knew something. He knew I, something. I
0: genuinely don't think James Harden did anything wrong in the
2: situation. No, I think True. he knew something was going to happen. He's like, I'm getting out of here while he, I still. Can. He could
0: tell that that like James Harden. He's been through organizations. Houston was a good organization for him. The Thunder. Thunder, good organization for him. Didn't give him what he wanted, so he went his own way. Harden did nothing wrong in the situation. He he noticed, okay, I thought I was gonna be with three really good players and they were gonna build around us. Didn't build around them, and they just played ISO ball the entire time, and it just led to where they are.
2: Allie, your thoughts on Joe Sai being strongly urged to not hire Ime Udoka as the next head coach of the Nets, regardless of what's happened off the court. I mean Is this even a good idea considering of all the stuff that's been going on in their organization?
3: I mean, for them as an organization, no, because Odoku, he's with the – well, was with the Celtics, and he got there somehow. Like, you don't just magically appear to the Boston Celtics. Like, you have to work your way up. Right. But PR-wise, yeah, it's a good move even though we – just discussed they aren't good at PR at all I, th- I think this is the nuts just saying hey guys reminder we got a PR system in place we can actually set rules but it just puts them in a bigger hole of like who's gonna be their legit head coach yeah there's not many choices after this season
2: I think that you know like uh, similar to the whole Steve Nash thing i think uh, Jacques Vaughn will just go back to the bench as an assistant but i don't know like this Eme Udoka it's good on the court they made the the Celtics made the finals Great in his coach one on year yeah he yeah he's good there off the court not so much
0: the literal last person you want to make lat right. off the court drama is your head coach
3: right especially in a new york area like New York will eat him alive. I mean, like Brooklyn. Can you imagine if this, it would was, be bad. if this was
2: the Knicks and not the Nets? Oh, right. Oh, dear God. That'd yeah. Be, that'd be something. Here's the thing, though. Yudoka was on the Sixers staff when Ben Simmons was there, and he was also there two years ago on the Nets with Katie and Kyrie. So it's not like okay. they don't know each other. They He knows everybody. It's just that, as Kobe has been saying, this PR stuff is uh definitely getting out of hand.
0: Oh, yeah, though. Their PR department doesn't get sleep. No, <laughs> they, no, it... no, they sleep with their eyes open. If they, <laughs> if they know, they're going to get a call from their boss. Hey, Kyrie said something. You got to put something out. I, I think don't
2: know. At this point, if things keep going south, there might be a chance the Nets make the play-in tournament or maybe even don't make the playoffs. Like The the NBA is being very generous lately with letting 10 teams into the playoffs, but I don't know. They're to keep and slipping. Guess
0: what? Two players are going to force their way out yep. as soon as they don't make the playoffs. Kd and because they're not going to they're not going to put it on themselves.
2: Well, Ben Simmons he's stuck there. there. Ain't nobody training for him anymore. I don't care how good of a he could be. Oh, he he just might retire. <laughs> he, he might retire. Ben Simmons could have two K defense like Hakeem Olajuwon, and they'd still not trade for him because he's in a he's an offensive liability. Kd threatened them, but they talked him out of getting traded. Kyrie, I saw a thing on Twitter. Half, man, half a season. What was it? Half man, half a season. Oh, uh, part time Kyrie. I saw a thing that they said, like, maybe the Nets did this as, like, um, they could, like, maybe get rid of Kyrie somehow. Like, if he doesn't um, satisfy all these requirements that Joe Tsai has set in. So, like, some of the things that Kyrie has to do, he has to, like, make a donation to, like, an organization. He's got to, like, meet with some Jewish leaders. He's got to, like, apologize formally. There's, like, six things he has to do, and... Um, I don't think a lot of people are thinking he's going to get those done. So right now, Kyrie is on a suspension, so we'll see what happens with the Nets. Ima Yudoka, it's not confirmed yet, but Adrian Woznarowski and uh, Shams Charania they said that um, it's pretty likely, so we will see how all that turns out. All right, so that wraps up our NBA segment, and now to wrap things up, we'll get to our top five, and we will go back to our NFL segment for this one. So here we go. Since we're over the halfway point in the NFL season, who are your top five Super Bowl favorites? Allie, I'll go to you first. You can go in any order. Uh, If you have an honorable mention, go.
3: Bills, Chiefs, obvious out of the AFC. Eagles, obvious out of the NFC. And this is where it gets kind of tricky because then you're throwing in wild cards. Seattle, maybe? Okay maybe minnesota i don't like i hate to say it but i
2: was gonna say please don't say the packers
3: <laughs> um eric rogers come back to life but <laughs> maybe Vikings. queens i really don't like them but it's not sitting well All right. and then i don't know the afc and nfc this year the whole nfl is just so weird
2: yes they are so, the, yeah, the Vikings are just absolutely running away with the NFC North. Seven and one, um, as we've said. So they should be hosting a playoff game this season. Uh, Kobe, one to five, five to one. Honorable mention if you have one go. All
0: right. Number five, give me the Vikings. All right. uh, I put them at five because I just don't trust them. I think they'll make the playoffs in, like, you know, glorious fashion. But, uh, they'll Kirk know, Cousins it they're, up. They're going to yes. Kirk Cousins up. That's what it comes down to. Four, I have the 49ers. All right. Uh, they have a lot of talent. I think they just were trying to find their footing again with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now they're bought back into Garoppolo in the system, and then they have several. Every single offensive like position has a generational talent. You have Trent Williams, generational talent. McCaffrey, generational talent. Debo. When's the last time we saw someone like Debo? And then Kittle. He's consistently been one of the best tight ends for the past five years. And their and their defense has been top 10 for the past half decade
2: shanahan just has to get over that hump that's been you know bugging him for the last few years like getting um obviously we saw in atlanta with the twenty to three and you know the, the 49ers but
0: just stay healthy and just don't make garoppolo do too much and i i think they could go far yeah three give me bills right. even like jets i they lost to him but i don't think it's like a you know Everything's all terrible now. The Jets are a good team now. I still like the Bills. They still have a lot of power. They're still really good. Chiefs have been sneakily good. I think everyone's just used to the Chiefs being good. And no one's giving them a Kenchyn anymore because they're just tired of it. But they're still really good. Yep. And then number one, give me birds. You can't deny their record. You know, I remember just a few years ago, it was Pittsburgh. That had the same situation
2: 11 and 0 and then they got bounced
0: 11 and 0 then got bounced but it was very obvious what their issue was their issue was they had a bad offense nope i can't name that issue with the eagles i think they're a very well-rounded team and i think jalen hurt's is doing his job and yeah the season the their schedule has been tough but you're still playing professional football teams who want to win or are getting paid to win football games
2: yeah, some and good, I gotta give it to him. Some good choices there, Kobe. Um, that's the that's one thing that a lot of people have been saying. Oh, they're gonna do like what the Steelers did, go eleven and zero, and then get bounced in the first round to the Cleveland Browns of all teams. But Jalen
0: Hurts isn't forty.
2: Well, yeah, that's true. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, was really just holding that offense back those last few years of his career. I mean, the Steelers right now are in a bit of a free fall. Um, uh, as Kenny Pickett is beginning his career. They might have the first losing record of Mike Tomlin's career, which is pretty impressive because he's been on the Steelers staff for like 15 years. So that's uh, really impressive by him. And the same thing with the Cardinals a few years ago. they were like seven and zero, and then they got bounced too. Or was that? That was, that last, was that last year. That was last we, year,
3: the Packers bombed back down to earth, and then I that's remember that. They got in the I remember Bowl. that game, but it their, was such a and and good the game. And ra- then the
2: Rams humbled them in the yep. playoffs. But their
0: weak point was their defense, and yep. K- Cliff Kingsbury, and, and, and the fact that their offense only had two players, so they had very glaring downfalls. With the Eagles, I you know I'm not even an Eagles fan. Like, I genuinely can't see a weak point from him.
2: No. mm well, Their
0: weakest point is their quarterback, but
2: he's doing amazing. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, so wrap everything up, I will do my list. Honorable mention, I will go with the Miami Dolphins. I feel like I, I know people – we've all been kind of uh, concerned about Tua's health ever since his concussion a few weeks ago, but uh, the Dolphins look really good. Uh, Tyreek Hill, by the way, is on pace to break the single-season receiving record. He's he's like on pace to go over 2,000 yards receiving, yeah. which Megatron, I believe, holds the record with like 1,963 yards. Your
0: cup was just was just blown by like I think a few like hundred yards or so. I think you just missed it.
2: Let me check because I know yeah he won the triple crown last year. Um, that that is going to annoy me if we don't get that. Cooper Cup is 29. Wow. Uh, Cooper Cup, 1,947 yards, so about 15 or so yards off. That's pretty impressive. All right, so I'm going to go with the Dolphins. They got some weapons. Uh, Mike McDaniel could get crafty in the playoffs, so we'll see what happens with that. Number five, as much as this pains me, I'll go with the Dallas Cowboys. I feel like they could. Um, they could maybe do something – That defense is lethal. Uh, Micah Parsons is him. So um, I think – I don't know if Dak will take them too far, but um, they definitely have weapons to get something done. Tony Pollard is really good. Number four, I'll go with Minnesota. Their only loss this season was to the Eagles. They look uh, pretty decent. Uh, We all know Kirk Cousins doesn't do well in prime time, but Justin Jefferson um, can do a lot for that offense. And they have just been really, really good this season. Number three, I'll go with Kansas City. You never count out Patrick Mahomes, even though you might want to. You just can never count him out. We all remember 13 seconds against the Bills last year in the playoffs. Number two, I'll go with Buffalo, Josh Allen, uh, looking like an MVP candidate. Might have had a bad game yesterday, but they're still the Bills. And number one, I'll go with the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. I don't care what anybody says about their schedule. The Eagles are legit this year. Jalen Hurts is looking like the MVP candidate, or at least one of the two or three MVP candidates. And all-around team, as uh, Kobe said, there really just are not many, if any, weaknesses. So that's gonna do it for our show today. I'd like to thank Allie Pontano and Kobe O'Brien for joining me. You are welcome anytime, and we will continue our discussions next Monday at five o'clock. Remember, throughout the semester, you'll get me on Mondays, uh, Danny Ryan. I'm sorry, Aaron Hook on Wednesdays, and Danny Ryan on Fridays. So make sure you are tuned in at uh, each of those days to get your up-to-date sports content. So for everybody here at Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, I'm Larry Dealman. Have a good night.
1: You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m for another edition of Offsides only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM